As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax collection station. And Jesus said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as Jesus sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. While Jesus was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader came in and knelt before him saying, my daughter has just died, but come please and lay your hand on her and and she'll live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly a woman who had been suffering from a flow of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched just the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter, for your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that moment. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute player and the crowd making a commotion, he said, go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand. And the girl got up. And the report of this spread through all of that district. This is the gospel of the Lord. I don't know about you, but it seemed that someone in my household was sick every other week this past winter, and even into the early spring. And I don't know if you know this, but Caitlin informed me that being pregnant and sick is a lot of fun. (laughs) I can assure you, though, that having a newborn who is sick and you being sick yourself is equally as fun. We weren't alone in dealing with colds. Anecdotally, from family and friends, we heard it was a rough winter for a lot of people. Headlines in newspapers and on radio seemed to say the same thing. After our third cold, we were over them. But we weren't sure what else we could do. We had done all the things that we thought we should. We were washing our hands frequently. We tried to stay away from folks who were sick or might have been sick but they just kept coming. One morning, I wake up and there appeared a plethora of immune strengthening supplements on my bathroom counter. Vitamins that spelled out half of the alphabet. Zinc, and then one I had never heard of, elderberry gummies. I called out to Caitlin, I said, what's this? As I held up the bottle, and she said, don't worry about it, just take it. It had great reviews on Amazon. And I thought to myself, 
is the nurse practitioner now trusting Amazon reviews for my health. (laughs) She wasn't. She had done her research. She knew that elderberry may help with colds or strengthening your immune system. But she also knew that research shows that it may not do much of anything. Yet it was the act of doing something. It was the effect that it might have. It was the hope that this could make us feel better that we were after, even if it was a facade of wellness. There are tons of products like elderberry gummies, which skyrocketed in popularity and sales during COVID. Things that we think or are told will make us healthy, but often they can't make good on the promises they've made. Just last month, I read an article in the newspaper about superfood powders and if they really help. At the end of the article, this nutritionist uh, from New York said, if you want to take them, take them. But it's not going to solve nutritional problems. Now, I promise, I am not knocking these. I have taken the greens, the superfood powders, and you better believe that I took that elderberry gummy as I walked out the door this morning. (laughs) The problem with these things is that they seem like a quick fix to deeper nutritional or lifestyle problems. With excellent marketing but no real science or studies, these products can make us think that we're healthy or that we're well when we really aren't. It's dangerous to be sick or to have an illness or a disease, undoubtedly. But what's more dangerous is being sick or unwell and thinking everything is fine. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, Jesus said, as he's eating dinner with tax collectors and sinners. The Pharisees who asked why Jesus was doing this, they were upset by the company because these Pharisees, they were good Jews who tried their best to follow the Torah, the Hebrew Bible, and its teachings. They were righteous people, as Jesus himself said. They wanted to know why this so-called rabbi, unorthodox to say the least, was eating with such company. I mean, tax collectors were seen by most Jews as agents of Rome, the occupier, not agents of God. They were presumed to be corrupt, dishonest, yet brash enough to still host banquets. They were known as sinners who likely showed no mercy to others. And the sinners who were present, they were seen as just as bad, thieves, scammers, prostitutes, and more. That's who Jesus was spending his time with. And it drove the Pharisees mad. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. The tax collector and sinners, continuing Jesus' metaphor, they knew they weren't well. They knew that what they were doing or how they were living was not good and right. They knew they were sick. Others had let it be known to them. 
In the same way, also the woman who was slowly bleeding to death, the leader whose daughter had died already, they knew quite literally that they were sick, that something was not right. They knew their needs and they saw their reality for what it was. The Pharisees, though these religious and community leaders who prayed, who went to temple, who tried to live the right way, they likely couldn't say the same. As Jesus implies, they likely thought that they were healthy, that they were well, and that they had no need of a physician. Perhaps you see yourself in this story as the tax collectors or the sinners sitting at table with Jesus. It's possible. Yet I dare to say that for most of us, the good churchgoers that we are, the Sunday school teachers, the Bible study leaders, the book study participants that we are, we are more like the Pharisees. We pray, we try to live right, and because of all of that, it's so easy to think that we are well, that we are healthy when we are not. We don't know our needs, or at least we don't tell anybody else about them. We don't see our reality for what it is because underneath our facade of wellness lies the sickness that none of us can escape from. And that's sin. Both individual and corporate, communal society. Often we do things that we think will keep us from sinning. We pray, we come to church, we read a devotion as if those are spiritual elderberry gummies that can cure us. But that's not how that works. This metaphor of sick versus well, of in need versus healthy, it's a tough one for us Lutherans because we are perpetually both. Our sickness is never gone, yet we are made well. The infection resides in us all our days, yet in God's eyes, we are perfectly healthy. We are terminally ill, and yet we have already died and live again in new life. We are always a sinner, always. Yet at the same time, we are a saint, made well by the grace of God, always. This grace, it doesn't extract our sin. It doesn't really quite cure us the way that we want or might think, but rather it takes away the effectiveness of our sin and that it no longer, we're no longer have a threat of death, that our relationship cannot be fractured because of our sin with God. Only in the life to come are we made fully well. But thankfully, thankfully in this life, Jesus comes to all who are sick. Whether you know it or not, whether you want to face it or not. That's who Jesus sat at table with, and that's who's invited to this table. This table is not for those who are well. This table is not for those who have sinned. You have no need. This table is for those who are in need, 
who have lied, who have made mistakes, who sin over and over and over again, who appear well on the outside, but on the inside are sick and in need. That's who belongs at this table. Because it's at this table that Jesus offers us exactly what we need. Forgiveness, mercy, love, grace. No copay required, no deductible to be met. You may ask though, if we are never quite well like we want to be, what's the point? If sin plagues us all our life and we can't get rid of it, what's the goal of this life then? And I think Martin Luther answers this best. He said this life, it's not godliness, but it's the process of becoming godly. It's not health, but it's getting well. It's not being, but becoming. This life is not rest, but exercise. We are not now what we shall be, but we are on the way. At present, everything does not gleam and sparkle, but everything is being cleansed. So come to the table. Take what you need and be made well. Amen.